on their website, they say, watch the film. <laughs> and it's and it's this video. Isn't life about what we experience? What we smell? Can I eat this? Yes, dragon fruits are low in sugar. What we hear? Hey, what should I get here? What we see? Capture this. And what we feel? What if we build more memories? What are some fun things to do nearby? Share more moments. Can I play songs from the last time we were here? <laughs> what would happen if we rediscover our senses? What if devices weren't the experience? Catch me up. Lucy called and your flight is at 7 a.m. Tell Lucy I'm on my way. What if life was? AI pin. Humane AI, uh, whose website is my least favorite thing to try to remember. It's hu.ma.ne. That's how you get to their website if you too want to watch that film uh hi it's the sas brand strategy show i'm ryan copry that's mike that's dustin uh we're talking about humane and the pin it came out this week there's a lot of conversation going on about it online we are going to contribute to the conversation happening online with our own angle here uh category creation you can buy an ai pin for 699 dollars i should say starting at there are chargers and backup chargers and clips and magnets and all kinds of things. What do you think, Dustin? You gonna buy an AI pin? Are you an AI pin guy? Also, a twenty-four dollar a month um, recurring charge because you get a T-Mobile subscription. That so is it has true. Its own phone number and cell connection. You are a monthly AI pin user at this point going forward. Yeah. Which, are you? Are you that, doing it? That part feels reasonable. Um, I, I want to do it just to uh, experience what somebody is envisioning the future is going to be yeah yeah but i'm not that curious to spend 700 dollars. so right on. probably not right um on. but you know it's funny to look at it and you know they just copied it out of star trek it's the beam me up scotty button yeah um and if you look at most techno technological advances they they started in sci-fi and then right. we actually make them in real life so it's just kind right. of weird Weird connection. Um, this one has that. Uh, but yeah, I think it's super easy to make fun of. Um, and so it's better to probably helicopter up and be like, okay, what are these people trying to do? Because they've raised you know $238 million from lots of people smarter than us. And so All of the institutional investors in the United States. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I want to pile on and, and talk about how poorly they launched it and how they're missing the opportunity to build a category and point out they came from Apple and how much better Apple is at this and what a fail. And, <laughs> you know, look at when Apple did their goggle thing, right. They totally killed it. Didn't mention the metaverse, totally distanced themselves from that junk show, created a new category called spatial computing. Yep. Something like that was called something like that. Um, yep. you know, but I don't think those are fair judgments to make at it at this point. I think this is a whole new way we're going to interact with the world. Yeah. And there's going to be a ton more of this coming out. This is just the first one. And sure. so um, I think we should, yeah, let's just talk about why it might be valuable and then how could it 
have been made into a category a little bit better. I mean, they've created a category because nothing like this exists. So they get that going for them. But they framing and naming the problem, they definitely did not do. They do get to be the first AI pin. That that much they get to be for sure. Uh, Mike, do you think they hired Apple's agency or do you think they showed Apple's product <laughs> videos to an agency that was their agency and said, like this? <laughs> I don't think they did either, honestly. Um, you don't think that so looks both exactly like an Apple video? I would say it looked like an Apple. The art direction did. Um, yes. Yeah, maybe from a commercial standpoint. I I gotcha. So just to be clear, both founders have Apple backgrounds. Yep. Um, designer and an engineer. Yep. And the launch. I mean, I I guess like. To, so Dustin's critique on having a critique is is accurate and not here to like bash on people the commercial version is a little softer it's still like misses um it's going after novelty and tying to um, um, a new technology and as dustin mentioned it's missing the bigger picture why why would people want this and i guess they're trying to say like this whole new level of ai provides context um to your everyday experience and, and can inform it it's just a similar even that video you sent ryan just takes me back to google glass and it's mm -hmm. just like i mean google didn't do a great job launching that either um they did it they but they took a different approach to it so yeah um yeah the i don't have i don't so i'm kind of new to that commercial my critique was based on the product launch video they did and it was yes. you could tell there wasn't a marketing person or agency with involved other than if they did production on that for sure well, and I think at a high level, you know, to to maybe continue to helicopter up or zoom out a little bit, I think you already, when you talk about your product as an AI pin, you are already uh, confining it to this sort of like feature noun mm -hmm. thing, right? Like it's, it's um, you know, we talk about, when you name something, you know, making the familiar new and like what it, you know, Mike, your, your, um, Venn diagram that we referenced, I think we referenced in last week's episode, but like, uh, what it is and, and what it does. And, and I think like, you know, an AI pin doesn't really tell me much about what it is or what it does. Um, you know, a, a thing that I will stand on confidently and, and get on my soapbox for one second about is AI is not the what. And it is not the why, it is the how. It's how you are achieving something. And so by calling it an AI pin, I just feel like misses a huge opportunity for like, why do I care? Why? Yeah, so, so super what? literal. AI super is everywhere. Literal. What is it helping me do? And 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 I do think the video that I, you know, that I just shared at the top here has a little bit of the why would I care, but um, it is to your point, Mike, really buried in the features and functionalities of isn't it cool what we can do with AI? And I think that story is already getting so played across all of the technology, both B2B, B2C, hardware, software. We're already seeing so many people that are saying, isn't it cool what we can do with AI? And it's like, not really anymore, or it's less cool what you can do with it. I want you to tell me why I should care about what you can do with it. What are you enabling for me as a, as a person? 
Yeah, totally. Um, it's just it it is very to me the thing that it 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 misses. And again, I'm kind of hesitating because like that thing you just showed me, it's it gets closer, it humanizes it, it shows it, it in in ecosystem, it shows it in use. Is it's just like it's very computer technologist focused feature benefit. Um, the, the you know technology is going to save the world without humanizing it. And to your point, why why should I care? Like, why does this matter to me as a human, as a person, uh, you know, technology as a, a bicycle for the mind or the, for the humans, all that stuff. Yeah. Like it's, it misses on all that, but these guys are designers and engineers. They're product people. Right. That's why when I did PR, we kept the product people away from the media because they went <laughs> right into like all this, like super technical information that yeah. you have to establish context first and explain to people like why this actually matters at a larger scale before you get into the, to the, the features and benefits. I mean, if we go into the product launch video 20 seconds in and they talk about it comes in three colorways 20 seconds <laughs> yeah. in i'm like I, dude that's like the last thing you need to mention <laughs> it was literally the first yes. thing they talked about after they yeah. introduced themselves <laughs> you know what it reminds me of uh you guys it reminds me of um you know with the clients that we've had over the past you know three four years whenever we interview the founders or like the high level folks. And we say like, you know, what is your, what does your product do in the world? It's like, I feel like one of the first things people start doing is it's like, well, when you go onto this screen and you click on this, you can do, and it's like, no, 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 that's not what we're asking. We're not, we're not asking like what it, you know, what yeah. it does. We're asking what you can do with it. And what so can much your clients of, do with it. What can your clients do with it? And, and so many founders, because to your point, Mike, they're so, wrapped up in this thing that they've been building and, and the features and functionalities and isn't this better than anything else you've seen before are so excited to tell you about the features and functionalities without saying here's what you can do with it not what it does and i and i do think to your point <laughs> what it does uh was a significant portion of that video and i still think is a significant portion of how they're taking this thing to market partially because i think to a degree they're also still having to evangelize AI as part of this because there isn't a, a a complete acceptance from a B2C perspective of artificial intelligence. So there is a, we have to evangelize AI and its capabilities for you to also give a shit about spending a thousand dollars on a pin you're going to stick to your body. Um, one thing that I did find interesting and I think is buried, I don't know how much time you all spent on hu.ma.ne uh, at all, but I found their <laughs> I found their mission page. They do have a mission on here and it says we believe in building innovative technology that feels familiar, natural and human. Technology that improves the human experience and is born from good intentions. Products that put us back in touch with ourselves, each other and the world around us. Experiences that are built on trust with interactions that feel magical and bring joy. Humane was founded on the principle that we all deserve more from technology. I'm curious, both of your reactions to that. Um, I mean, I, I get what they're saying, but again, like most company missions don't really apply to the customer. So I don't, I think that's, if you want to work there, they're trying to rally, rally people who have that worldview, which is good. So, but yeah, it's concise at Dustin's point. It's more internal than external right now, yeah. I believe. 
Because I guess here's what's here's so let's just take this back to the work we do and why you don't want to lead with features because you're instantly comparing it to how you do that stuff today. And so almost universally, people said, I'm not buying this. My phone does all this. And what they were trying to say, and they did it a little bit better in the promo ad we just watched, is they're like, hey, you don't want to be on your device. You want to be in the world. Mm -hmm. This lets you put your device down. They Mm -hmm. did not lead and sell without hard enough. And... You know, the problem you solve, you need to make sure people want that solved. I'm not entirely sure society wants to put their devices down yet. And so yeah. you might be a little early to market on that one. So you need well, to figure out why else would I want to wear this pen? And it could be, well, you need to start gathering all of your interactions in the world because right. you're going to need these later. And right. you need, this thing will start doing it for you. And if you don't start doing it now, you're going to be behind the eight ball. And if you get in front of everybody, you're going to have all of your data logged. AI is going to be there to take you through the universe when that's the only way to get through it. And so you should start now. Yep. I'm, I'm, I'm I might be convinced to buy one if that's the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, and I think it, well, an interesting point that you just made Dustin is they have conspicuously not referenced the concept of a smartphone in any, they say devices in that promo video or that watch the film. They say, um, they say devices, but they don't say smartphone anywhere, not on their site. Um, but I do think macro, they are making, you know, smartphones, cell phones, the enemy a little bit of their whole perspective. And I, I guess the thing that I think is to your point, Dustin, is like, you got to make sure that other people view their smartphone as the enemy. Cause a lot of people rely on their cell phone for everything. It's how I stay connected with my family and friends. It's how I document the world around me. It's how I work. Uh, it's how I play. Like, you, you know, it's, it, it's how I'm creative. But I think you can have both because the trend right now or trend, you know, a trend right now is people distancing themselves from their phone where it used sure. to be like phone went everywhere. People are trying yep. to leave it, leave it behind. They need distance from the phone. So um, you can make the phone the enemy because it's like, it's something you feel like you need to have with you connected to your hand. And it's like, no, if this thing like, you wear it kind of as an accessory. You don't have to worry about it. Uh, maybe I'm talking myself in circles here. No, like there is I, a there is a movement away, leaving technology behind when you go out and have experiences, so you're not distracted from the experiences you're having. Right. So why didn't they message that? Why do we don't? Why is that not what we're coming away with as the number one thing? Totally. I, I mean, they, I think they, they, they buried it in the last the last sentence of their promo video is like, "What if devices weren't the experience and life was." Yeah. which I do think is like fair and and I think is is to your point Dustin like the best summation of of this so far but I didn't feel like I was necessarily left with that sentiment. I also think there's something to be said for if you're going to evangelize the problem like quantify it, you know? Like like what if there was a way for them to say, you know, people are spending x amount of time looking at their cell phone instead of their kids or you know, people are, you know, give give me give me that kind of like that like, whoa, we have gone, we have over, <laughs> we've overcorrected in society into the hands of our smartphones. And like that, that might also help people who are just like, no, this is a tool that I use and I value be like, oh, but there's another way to do this. I also think to be honest, like as they're describing all these things, it doesn't feel uninvasive. I can silence my phone and put it in my pocket And like, I don't think about my phone for an hour or more if I'm at a dinner, but this pin that's blinking and like in the center (laughs) of my body 
and like shooting lasers out of it is not an in, in, uninvasive in on uh, in uninvasive i don't know it is not uh subtle <laughs> it's right there in the middle of your body and and uh, what happens when you have like a dinner table full of friends and everybody's wearing a pin and like the <laughs> The lasers are like they're gonna start talking to each other, man. They're gonna have their own conversation going. It's gonna on. be like a rave, like mm, mm, mm. everyone's lasers are shooting like back rave. and forth at each other, and it's like, uh, have you ever seen when, um, when when someone there's like a common prank? I feel like I've seen online sometimes where someone will call two different Domino's locations with two different cell phones and put them next to each other so that they're talking to the nice. other Domino's. And they nice. just let those two people have a conversation via their phones. Like, this is Domino's. Yeah, this is Domino's. And they get all confused. I feel like that's what's going to happen when you have two of these <laughs> pins across from each other at a table. The pins are going to start being like, wait, you want me? Wait, what are we doing? So the their mission thing, products that put us back in touch with ourselves, each other, and the world around us. That's like yeah. their point is that the phone has become a barrier to those things because right. of whatever the the experience the the need to touch it and move it and talk to it and all these other things um becomes a barrier you know i was telling my um when we were down in the desert last week um riding and with my son and he's like god i wish i would have taken a picture i'm like always like this is the the thing that photographers will tell you anytime there's that little voice in your head that says i should take a picture of this you should take a picture of that because yeah. you're going to be bummed that you didn't. But what's yeah. keeping you from doing that is like, I got to pull my phone out of my pocket. I got to open it up. I got to stare yeah. at it. Like all these things to do this, sure. that becomes friction to uh, a, a, an experience or like a memory that you want to have. And yeah. maybe they're saying like, yes, the phone is the, 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 the enemy because it gets in the way of actually having these and other things super fast. Well, I'm, I'm not entirely awake today. Like the, to Dustin's point, like there's contextual memory that needs to take place to inform our our digital um, library, if you will, that it's going to pull from. And I think that's that is a really important point to have contextual um, a backup, a memory, a library of all these things that are happening. And if you can do yeah. that seamlessly without getting in the way, that's going to be super valuable at many, many opportunities. I was I, so in the picture. So we're getting into the features of this thing and you're instantly going to compare it to how you do it today. And it's like, there's zero chance me tapping something on my chest is going to capture the sunset. If I get out my badass phone with this freaking 28 megapixel camera, yeah. frame it up and take a shot. I mean, it's just, so it's like, do I want to capture the moment just like sloppily so I can file it away in AI and like somehow have that amogulation of it played back to me when I die or do I want to actually catch a picture of the sunset and put it on Instagram? I, I mean, it's, yeah, I did have so. the thought in the, in the feature video that you originally sent us, Mike, when he's like beautifully captured the moment or whatever. And like one of the samples they used was like, it's like on someone's chest while they're sitting by a fire and it's like desaturated and like shaky. Cause they're clearly like leaning into <laughs> the fire. And I was like, why the hell would I ever actually want that version of that? Like that is not. Like it's, it's, a not it's a V1. It's a V1 for sure. And one so, day, the, a 75 megapixel camera with four lenses is going to be able to fit into a two inch by two inch square on your chest for sure. But to your point, Dustin, if you are trying to convert people to wait, be like, you don't even need your smartphone. It's like, well, yeah, I do, though. I do. If, if this is what you're telling me that I'm replacing it with, I do. <laughs> That's right. I think you have to tie in like why you would just want a lot of photos of your day. Yeah. This is the thing. Like, look. 
compute power and storage is essentially free. I know it's not, but it just, it will be. It's getting And there. so there is probably a use case where I'm just going to log everything all day, every day. Cause I don't know when something cool is going to happen and it's better just to have it on. Yeah. And then once everything's logged, I can then get this analysis of what I'm doing and figure out how to optimize things, turn things down, turn things up. Then also I'll have this profile of me that I can then take out into the world and figure out other places I should do things. It's just, mm -hmm. that's where this is going to go. And that's, I think why this thing's cool. They probably don't want to lead with like, Hey, you can track literally everything you do. And then that's going to be beneficial in the future. We can't tell you how, but yeah, that's kind of why I wanted it. I was like, well, I don't want to walk around something on my chest though. Like it, it's not as bad as Google glass. Like that was just like, you're never going to interact with a partner ever again. If you wear that, where this is like slightly less, but still kind of like, can you take that creepy pen off? I mean, it's kind of like a kiss? smaller, it's a small version of a GoPro chest mount. You know, it's yeah, like totally hundred percent, a hundred percent. You're going to walk but, around all day with a GoPro mounted to your chest, but this is a little bit more, you know, fashionable and accessorized. Yeah, I mean, just totally. the skiers are right. Like the GoPros on the helmets totally. have just become like a total, you know, kook yeah. move. It's oh, yeah, <laughs> totally. One of the things that I think about, you know, if you if you go back to like the problem that this solves uh, for folks, you know, one of the things that I think Apple has done a really good job of as a company is creating these categories of products that have this extendability of their ecosystem, right? So you can be sitting in front of, you know, uh, you know, a Mac, a power Mac that you use for video editing. And then you can just sort of extend your, your ecosystem up and up and up to less and less invasive technology, right? You go to your, you, then you go to your laptop, then you go to your tablet, then you go to your phone, then you go to your watch. Um, and so that extendability of, of sort of um, continuing to minimize your technology is really great because you can minimize your technology all the way down to your Apple Watch, but you can also maximize your technology back the other direction when it's a value. And I think that I think the AI pin is super missing from my perspective is you don't like they did say, oh, you have this like digital hub where you can go like train it and tell it what you want out of it. But there is no ecosystem for maximizing the technology when you need it. It's just this, it's just this purely like minimalist vision of, of interacting with technology. But I keep going like, what's the difference if I have to hold my phone in front of me or I have to hold my hand in front of me for a laser to project onto it? What problem are you actually solving for me? I still have to pull my hand out and hold it in front of my face. And so it's like, and also the thing that I keep thinking about is Google and Apple and these companies who are, who are all, you know, have tons of resources and way more money than their even their $240 million of raised capital to focus on building great AI is why isn't Apple or why isn't Google just going to continue to find ways to make their technology minimally invasive to continue solving this problem with better artificial intelligence that also works into the other maximalized corners of their ecosystem that then fill those pieces throughout the entirety of your experience with technology. Totally. And this is all those questions you're asking yourself it should have been addressed in a compelling, convincing with conviction manner in their launch. Sure. To like get ahead of that and be like, no, we have a different view vision of the future. We have a point of view on why all this stuff matters. And let yeah. us let us lay that out for you. And then we're going to uh, reveal the solution to the this this changing ecosystem we're living in, the problems that are that are being presented because of it, the opportunities that are also being presented. And here's the solution. And we call it this, not AI right. pin, because that's right. super literal. 
Right. Um, and just establishing that context and 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 stepping down through that so people start going like, hell yeah, man, I hear you. That is my world. And I need something to address that. And they just went right into, we have three colorways. And it's like, I so totally don't give a shit about that. Like, make yeah, me give right. a shit. Right. Why does right, this right. matter? Right. Right. Do you think it matters, Dustin? Yeah, I, I think, mean, I do I think, think on the... I was just gonna say on the, you know, Google or Apple already has all our data. They're already collecting it. They're going to make it better. Totally logical. But that's, that's the enemy, right? It's like, you want to own your own data and decide who gets to use it and leverage it. And so this is how you own your own data with this tool. Cause we're unconnected from those ecosystems. It's a big lift. We're lazy. We're probably just gonna let Apple have all our data. They already have it now. So <laughs> I how you're going to get out of there. But that, yeah. I think if you fast forward five, 10 years, our our interactions with the world are going to be super valuable to us and anybody else that wants to work with us. And so we're yeah. all going to have some way that we hold and own this data. You know, sure. this is where like the LX platform at Dash really starts to come into play. You're like, okay, those guys built a data pipeline for all right. your wearables data. That's That stuff is going to become very integral in how we go through life in the future. Yeah. And so you can imagine the other things you're going to add on to your, to that type of data, right? Let's say, okay, well, what was I doing when my heart rate went up to, you know, out of the resting heart rate, it went up to 85 and yeah. like, oh, I was writing that email and the AI is like, <laughs> yeah. And that email was about this and you were, you got, and then it'll break down the whole path of how you got to that point of stress in your life. And it's like, oh, okay, well, we can avoid you having those situations and bring your stress down like 10% over the year, because we're not going to let the series of events ever happen again right. and that's i think that's where ai is going to change our lives and it's probably not even going to be called ai at that point it's just going to be called like we're just using life and data to to optimize the future right right yeah and that goes back to my point of like you know by leading with calling this thing an ai pin you're already confining yourself to people's preconceived notions of what artificial intelligence is but and simultaneously, you're not explaining to me what it's helping me accomplish. Why? Why? I mean, even the smartphone, even though that terminology is old, it's like, well, you get a phone and it's smart. It has access to the Internet and all kinds of other things. It's like, OK, well, that at least tells me something about like something about it. Whereas like an AI pin is just like it doesn't really tell me very much. An artificially intelligent pin is like, what does that allow me to do in my life? Yeah, I, I mean, Steve Jobs, out the... he ahead, did just call it an iPhone, right? So he didn't get super creative. Yeah. With... He yeah. took the iPod and then made an iPhone and then made an iMac and then, you know, so. Yeah, but that's his brand, right? Like that's the way to, that's the way to have consistency across your products and, and tie it to a family, um, the mothership. Yeah. yeah, I do want to point out that, which I found fascinating was when they came out with that product announcement video, how all the technologists just went nuts and we're just like, this is amazing. This is the future, blah, blah, blah. And then the backlash from people that are technology adjacent, but not necessarily like, you know, totally drinking the Kool-Aid as a kind mm -hmm. of technology geek was yeah. pretty much like, eh, yeah, there is like, there's a big skepticism on the other side of it. But I just thought it was really interesting. The, the, um, the zealousness of like, yes, it's another example of like technology is going to save the future. And yeah. then, and then kind of the general population being like, 
and not even general population, like they probably don't even know this thing exists, but like this more the technology adjacent group, like one degree separated. Um, they're like, yeah, it's interesting. Let's see where it goes. And it's just like, okay, yeah. there's the miss because yeah, you've got all the, 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 you're, you're preaching to the choir, especially the AI choir about like, yes, this is the future. And they're like, yes. And then everybody else is like, meh. <laughs> it's, I, it reminds me of, I, um, I brought this up when we were talking earlier this week, but like, it reminds me of when Samsung made the cell phone that folds in half. Right. And yeah. like people who love technology are like, whoa, a screen you can fold in half. That's so cool. What an amazing, like advancement in technology and people who had smartphones and had you know seven eight inch crystal led displays that look great went i've never said i've never said ever damn i wish my phone could fold in half like it's just never been part of my problem set as someone who uses a cell phone and it's a little bit i feel like similar to this whole this whole pin thing right to your point mike where it's like the technologists are like look what they're accomplishing with technology isn't that an interesting use of technology? And my my immediate point would be like, yes. However, does that interesting use of technology solve a real world problem? And I think the answer from my perspective is like, not yet. Not yep. yet. Not for $1,000 and not today. Are they working yep. on trying to solve a problem that I think is like, worthy of addressing like the interference of devices in our lives like yeah i think that's an interesting problem to solve but i think they should be louder about the problem and i don't think it's i don't think it's where it needs to be there's a great report and this is a bit of a um diversion but it's um by this group called dcdx um and uh they did a report um and this relates to category because of lockheads um endorsement of of the digital generation, but the reports about from digital natives to digital captives. And it leans mm. into this idea that yes, there's a digital first experience that take place. And if you don't address that, you're, you're wacky. Um, and you're going to miss out on all these digital natives, but they, the report talks about how Gen Z specifically has, has left the building, so to speak, and they become <laughs> digital captives and the problem yeah. with that. And they're trying to bring it back to talk about, uh, digital, uh, 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 civilians, if you will, I can't remember the exact article that um, that they talk about, but their whole point, this agency, uh, oh, digital citizens is what they, what they call it, is to we at DCDX we exist to make the future human, um, and so this is like a this is the trend that's coming around is like coming back from technology as the savior to eh, technology is kind of there to help us, you know, bicycle for the you know for the brain type of thing, so. Um, I'm just saying this is a larger, larger trend that's starting to emerge. Yeah, absolutely. And and even in things with like, uh, like the light phone, I don't know if you guys saw when the light phone came out, but it was that whole, um, this thing connects to your cell phone, but it's like, it's a dumb phone. It's like, uh, it just takes your number yep. and extends your number into a phone that only has access to like texting and calling and that's it. It's not internet connected. And that's the point is if someone needs to get a hold of you, if your kid needs to get a hold of you, you're still going to get a phone call or your, you know, your parent needs to get a hold of you. You're still going to get a phone call or a text message, but that's all you're going to get out of it. Um, it just feels and, like that there's energy. There's like energy out there that they could have tapped into to give and yeah. to make this product more relevant. Yeah. 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 And, and I think, um, it, it, it shows, uh, we understand why we're doing this. And so we almost skipped a step because our understanding of why we're doing this is so 
clear to us that we skipped that and made it sort of a, a given and then went into all these other ways that we're solving it. And I think, you know, if there's a takeaway here, a thing that we talk about a lot is, you know, you have to evangelize the problem for two reasons. One, if you evangelize the problem, people who already have the problem will know that you understand them because you are talking in their language. You're speaking to a problem and they go, oh my God, they know my problem. I have that problem. And for the second reason is some people don't know that they have that problem until you put until you frame it and name it and then start talking about it and they go, oh my God, I've never thought about it that way, but that is the problem that I'm having. And now I want to interact with you as well. So if you're not, totally, then you're not. <laughs> and I think like that's at a high level, you know, for zooming out and saying, what's the takeaway here for folks who are listening? I feel like that for me is the biggest one is, is you have to evangelize the problem. You have to frame it and name it so that people either see that you understand them or they have language to understand their problems in a way they never have before. And I think our my macro criticism of the AI pin is that I don't think they did that. They did not evangelize the problem. They did not frame it and name it. And they did not lead with the problem. So I do not feel understood. And I therefore do not feel interested in spending $1,000 on a pin. <laughs> yeah, the, what's the story the customers are going to tell and sell about their AI pin? Right. So they gave us a bunch of features, a bunch of like the translation thing was the coolest GWiz feature where, you know, you can go and get the waiter can talk to you in Spanish. It'll translate it back to you in English. You can right. tell the pin what you want to say back in English. It will say it back to the waiter in Spanish. Right. Like that is actually pretty cool, but that's just yeah. a GWiz thing. So that's the story I'm telling and selling about the AI pin. It would be very convenient for international travel. Totally. Except you also have that in your cell phone too, right? Like not to be, not to, again, to compare features, but like I can do that. I have the chat GPT app on my phone and I can literally just hold down a button, talk to it and make it talk in whatever language I want it to talk in and vice versa. Fair. Just saying like it from a differentiation perspective, right? Like there, I mean, yeah, I agree. No, I think it is cool, but. <laughs> it's, it's a little it's, more handy the... when it's on your chest because you're trying to order. It was like the only That's... use case was like, okay, this, this. This format is yeah. optimized for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there, it's like, it is a, I want to call it a disruptive product or a disruptive product category, because as we said, it is first, it is V1, but it is kind of the first that takes advantage of all these things. And and it it is a, an evolution, a progression of technology and the seamlessness and how it can help humans be more human in, in ways and connection and, and the context and all that stuff that's, that's possible. I just think they 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 missed the opportunity to really launch this in a much bigger way um by not doing all the things that we've talked about and I, we'll see they're gonna ha probably have to eventually go back and do it again because it's like oh you guys don't get it and it's like well it's because you guys didn't have any marketing people at the table when you decided to pull this thing out i'm, I'm overstating that's probably completely wrong but again like my big takeaway was like product people <laughs> these are product people like like you need some other people at the table to help give the context that's going to make it resonate totally it's a product people are gods in silicon valley mike yeah they true. are the gods true 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 <laughs> now we're i think we're seeing very quickly like the steve jobs of the world a it was a time and a place when he could reign the earth and he probably was quite godlike uh, technology's come to the point where it's just ubiquitous. And so you haven't designed anything that hasn't been done before. Mm -hmm. And so you're, you're not a product God. I'm sure you're good, but <laughs> you need some, you need some 
motherfucking marketing gods to come in and help to get this thing <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> oh yeah, we're coming back. <laughs> coming back around to it. Because yeah. I, I just want to leave this with a final comparison. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the Apple Watch does everything that the pin does. And if it doesn't, it could do it very quickly. And there are, you know, hundreds of millions of Apple Watches out in the world. So the only thing the Apple Watch know. doesn't do is have a camera. Which easily could be added. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted a camera, it probably on your does wrist. it because they're like, wow, that camera would be so inferior to our other cameras. We don't want to put that out in the market. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's but, a moat right now for people is just the, the expectation of the quality of the cameras that exist within phones now is insane. Yeah. Some, I mean, someone saw that I, that latest iPhone release was was like, you know, cinema quality um, uh, video and, and images. Yeah. I, I got it. And I'll be honest, I am shocked at how good the thick pictures are. Oh, no way. Uh, on the new phone. They're at least 50% better. I had a 12 before. Now the 15. They're at least 15% better than, or it's not 50% better than the 12. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I, one of the, one of the pieces of commentary that I found uh, most interesting and informed my take on like the, the uh, minimizing and maximizing your technology for use cases, it didn't have that take in it, but it, someone was just like, what will prevent me from just saying, Hey Siri and getting everything out of this into my, from my earbuds that I'm getting out of this. Oh, funny. I did actually just trigger it on my phone or excuse me, on my computer while I was, uh, well, to be fair, the answer is that Siri still sucks. <laughs> In but my experience, half the time I'm like disappointed, so I stopped using it. I totally agree. But I think somebody was like, you know, in a few years, what is going to prevent me from just saying those words yes. and getting yes. the same outcome uh, yeah. or, or roughly the, the same outcome? The future they are showing us here, which has been around, is we will not be typing. There yeah. will be no typing. And I think if Ryan, you remember when I was trying to convince some of the senior leadership at a company we worked at that, you know, dragging everybody into the office was not going to scale in the next yeah. 20 years because their kids aren't never going to type. They're probably not going to drive. And therefore they're most likely not going to work in an office. Um, yeah. This, that's the one thing this is proving is we are definitely not going to be typing in the future. Yeah. I yeah, am for sure. I will be typing. I will also be. You typing. might be writing in calligraphy, but you won't be typing. The keyboards are going to go away. <laughs> One of the things that I, I, have... I don't know, man. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm not a technophobe, but I'm definitely like, <clears throat> like I'm holding on to my sanity through um, tangible um, tools. I will say <laughs> a thing that has been very valuable for me as a writer is the inclusion of voice typing into Google Docs and like other writing programs. Cause sometimes what I will do is just to like, just to, just to plow through it is just voice my whole set of thoughts and just not think about the keyboard and just say, 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 yeah, say, say. I like it. Yeah. And then once it's all out of my head, then I can actually look at the words. <clears throat> I'm so much better at editing than I am writing like from scratch. So if I can just vomit everything out of my head and put it into one spot, then I can go back and use the editing brain. I have a question a for you. And this is totally off topic. Yeah. Speaking I'm off of topic writing, too. <laughs> you, um, when you do that, do you find you have a problem um, articulating out loud the thoughts that are in your head versus just writing it down? Like, is it harder to say what you're thinking than write what you're thinking? 
Um, sometimes I find it easier to write what I'm thinking when I say what I'm thinking because it almost builds on itself in a way, in a way that isn't, you remove the editing brain a little bit while you're speaking. So you can like separate the writing brain and the editing brain much easier from my perspective than like when you're typing out a sentence, I'm often editing as I write and that I think stops the flow. And yeah, so sometimes that's the secret. I, don't, don't edit. It's just and like, that was just, one of the... anyway, this is off topic. We could talk about this another time, <laughs> but I'm just curious. Cause I have a, like when yeah. I'm riding my bike or when I'm running or whatever, and I have those thoughts coming from like, kind of like that flow mind state I get in when I do that stuff. It's like, yeah. it's harder for me to like pick up the phone and speak into it to do a note. It, it still comes out and really like fragmented bits and not entire yeah. thoughts, but eventually I'm able to thread it together. But I think there's a, there is a barrier between processing within the brain like the thought and actually turning it verbal that kind of creates a little bit of a disconnect for me anyway i i will the last thing i'll say about it before i close this down because we're on the topic yeah, uh we're the way thing off. that the thing that the thing that has helped me with that most mike is freestyling with my friends for 20 years oh there you go because when you sit around and freestyle there's no editing there is no editing. And the whole point yep. is shut off that connection between the thing, the thoughts that are happening in your brain and what's coming out of your mouth. You just have I to love kind that. Of make the thoughts that are in your brain come out of your mouth. I um, love that. And so that has been one of the, one of the best values of me and a friend who, who freestyling a long time ago said he, I said, I, I just feel like I keep fucking up and he goes, yeah, that's the point. Just keep fucking yeah. up. It doesn't matter. Just yep. keep fucking up verbally and you'll get to the other side. I feel like I do that normally at like dinner parties. <laughs> me too. Me too. And my wife yeah. is jabbing me under the table. Like, <laughs> shut up, dude. Like, what are you saying? Honey, you're fucking up out loud. Let me you're tell you what I really think. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Freestyle us out, Frank. <laughs> oh man. Uh one of these one of these days. Actually, we we did threaten for me to for me to make a an intro uh to this to this podcast at one totally. point. Wrapping, wrapping an intro. <laughs> Maybe I will. Um, all right. Uh, it's the SAS Brain Strategy Show. Thank you all for listening. Uh, thank you for subscribing. Thanks for sharing the show with someone you think might enjoy it as well. Uh, I'm Ryan. That's Dustin. That's Mike. Uh, if you want to learn more about who we are and what we do, you can go to drmg.co. Send us an email at hi at drmg.co if you want to yell at us about anything we got wrong or the ways in which we maybe don't see the future the same way you do. Let's talk about it. Send us an email. It's hi at drmg.co. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.